Welcome to the Confident Parent Podcast, where we want you to feel confident in raising kids who have a thriving relationship with Jesus. I'm Joshua Humpa, the children's pastor at Oak Creek Assembly of God and the father of two spectacular kids with my wife, Stephanie. In this episode, we're going to talk through a biblical checklist to help determine your child's spiritual growth and to help you feel like you got this. What's up? What's up, all you cool parents? Welcome back to another episode of the Confident Parent Podcast. Man, this year is just flying by. I cannot believe that it is already November. This is like the fastest year in my life. It's crazy. Now, what's interesting about, about tracking things is uh, we use all sorts of measurements to track things, like the calendar. Uh, you know, with our kids, we use all sorts of measurements. For example, we track how big their heads are. <laughs> I always thought that it's so funny. I mean, I get it. You want to see their circumference, make sure their brain's growing, all the activity. You know, the calories go to their brains first. But it's just so funny that we're, we track the size, whether or not our kids have big heads. I want my kids to be in the 100th percentile of big-headed kids. <laughs> That's great. You know, we're always tracking our kids' our kids' schoolwork. Uh, Chloe just got her first report card with some great things on there and some things that we need to work on. Uh, but that's just tracking how well she's doing in school. Uh, we also have, this is a fun one, potty training charts. <laughs> Maybe you tried this with your kids. Maybe it's like a sticker chart or like marks on the refrigerator or something. And if you get these many days with going potty on the toilet, you get some sort of reward. We are trying that with Carson. If he goes seven days potty training, no accident, he gets to go to Chuck E. Cheese. He has not gone to Chuck E. Cheese yet, but we are praying and believing that he will soon. <laughs> and so we use all sorts of ways to track how our kids are doing. Uh, we want them to grow. We want them to succeed, excel. We love tracking our bank accounts, right? That helps a lot of us feel like we, uh, we're accomplishing some good stuff. Um, but for the most important thing, you know, the thing that's going to last for an eternity, how do we track spiritual growth? You know, what's kind of different about spiritual growth is you can't like see it or feel it. And it's just, it might even be hard to recognize. You know, you can track your weight. You can physically see and feel your weight. You can see when it's going up, when it's out of control and when it's coming back down. You can see when you're your stock prices, you can track that and see if it's going up, if it's going down, if it's staying flat. But how do you track your spiritual growth? Well, I have some good news for those that are like me and you like having a checklist. Uh, there is one written in the Bible by one of the greatest, smartest spiritual men to have ever walked this planet. And his name is Paul. And that is called, this checklist that he's given us, uh, this this list is called the fruit of the spirit. Now, if you're a follower of Christ for for, for years, you have definitely heard of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, now, if you're like me, again, you like checklists. And, and this list is so great because it gives you a checklist, something to look at and say, these are the things. This is what is expected of me. This is how I can know that I am doing uh, what I'm supposed to do as a follower of Jesus. I mean, this is this is the kind of stuff I'm so, supposed to have coming out of me as I follow Christ. And, and the fruit of the Spirit, it's the result of the Holy Spirit's presence in the life of a Christian. That's what it is. It's the proof. You know, for example, it's called fruit uh, as if we have an apple tree. There's proof that the apple tree is alive and it's growing, it's doing what it's supposed to. If there's actually apples on the tree growing and coming off and, enjoy, and we're able to enjoy them. And the same is true with us. The fruit of the Spirit, the things that are being produced or coming out of us are this, this wonderful list that we're going to go through. 
And so uh, this list comes from Galatians. This was a letter that Paul wrote uh, to the church in Galatia. And uh, the whole point of this letter, or this part, is to help kind of give a checklist for these guys on what they're supposed to do in order to follow Christ. And so we're going to start with verse 16 of Galatians 5. If you're not driving or if you're able to look at a Bible and want to read this with me, um, go ahead. We're going to start in Galatians 5, verse 16. Paul wrote, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Great. Awesome. I want that to happen in my life. I want that to happen in my child's life. Then he says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. <laughs> Great. I don't want to do what my sinful nature craves. That only leads to trouble. Then he says in verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. How many of you have felt that way, right? You feel like you have literally the devil on one shoulder, the angel on the other. Classic from, um, there's cl- the classic scene I always think of from Emperor's New Groove um, with like, with Kronk. He's got the, uh, <laughs> the bad Kronk, the good Kronk. Um, that's what it's like for all of us, right? And especially with our kids, right? When they're trying to figure this out even more so than us. What is right? What is wrong? And isn't it funny when you can just see it in your in your kid when it's like happening in the moment when they're contemplating whether or not to do something that they know they should not do? Well, here's what Paul continues in verse 22. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And here's the checklist. Ready? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and last but not least, self-control. Now he adds this last little stinger at the end. He says, there is no law against these things. Like you are not going to go to jail today because you had so much self-control. Like you saw those Twinkies and you said, not today, Satan. And you didn't eat them. You're not going to go to jail for that. You are not going to go to jail or get a ticket because you have so much patience. (laughs) Somebody's trying to cut you off and you say, no, 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 no. I am patient. I will get there when I get there. That's the checklist. That's what Paul gives us uh, to help us determine whether or not we are growing as a Christian. If the Spirit's working inside of us, those things will come out. Now, maybe you don't really know about this list, or maybe you've heard it before, uh, but that list can be like a fire hydrant when you just hear it read like that. It's kind of like, okay, I'm sure you start to wrap your mind around love, joy. Okay, okay I get what that means. I can, and then you're trying to figure it out, and then you hear patience, kindness. Well, okay, wait, 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 slow down. Faithfulness, gentleness. Hold on, come on. Self-control, self-control. I have a hard time not eating Taco Bell when it's late at night. I mean, self-control, how can I do that? And so today, what we want to do is we want to talk about each of these things uh, shortly, quickly, swiftly. uh, And what was the intention of what Paul was writing about this list? Like, where did this list come from? Why did he give this to to us and to the early church that he was writing this to today? And and the point of all of this is that you will never have all of the fruit of the Spirit. Like, you will never have a perfect day. There will be one of these, at least one of these, that you'll miss at least once a day, right? But the goal is, as a follower of Jesus, is that, Day after day, we get better and better and better. That as the the more we grow in our walk with Christ, the more the Spirit's working in us, the more we have patience, the more that we are faithful, the more that we have peace. And so, uh, before we get kind of towards through get through all of it and get to the end, kind of the like the takeaway from all of this is to maybe focus on one of these fruit of the Spirit with your child a day, or or maybe a couple of a week. And if you listen to last. The last podcast episode, we talked about praying for your child's heart. And so we're kind of launching off of that into this episode. We want to, as you're listening through this list, pray for the Holy Spirit to make 
at least one of these fruits of the Spirit just evident in your child's heart. Pray for a gentle heart and that God would move in them and change them from the inside out to become more of who he created them to be. So with all that said, let's actually dive into what all the fruit of the Spirit are. We're going to do this quickly, swiftly. We're going to expand it in a very short way uh, and just go through this checklist to determine whether or not our child is growing spiritually. Do they have these things in their life? So the first one and arguably probably the most important one is love. Now, uh, the English word love is a very broad meaning, right? I love pizza and I also love my wife, but I love these things in very different ways. Now, the Greek language, which was the original language that this this letter was written in, it's very precise. There's a lot of different uh, words for love, and that word was agape. Now, this love, it's not a feeling. The word agape was not like that emotional connection that you get. They have a separate word for that. Instead, agape is a choice. It's the choice to, to be kind, uh, to sacrifice, to consider someone else's needs greater than your own. And that's what the word love means. It means to be committed. It's kind of like all of the fruit of spirit wrapped up into one big specific one. It's love. Love is God sending his son to die for us so that we can be in heaven with him. That he He wanted us, he, he did not want heaven to exist without us in it because he loves us so much that he was willing to give up himself, to give up his life for us. And so, Love. Are your children loving you, their siblings, and those around them? Or is that an area that they need to grow more spiritually? Love. That's the first one. Secondly is joy. Joy. Now, joy is fun. It's different than like happiness or excitement. Joy is like this long lasting, even deeper than an emotion. It's this contentness. We have we have joy ultimately because of God's grace. It's realizing that we're we're happy or we feel content, we feel good, because even amongst the worst of days, we realize that we're heaven-bound, that we're loved by our Heavenly Father, and everything's going to be okay. It, you know, joy, it's, it's choosing to have joy instead of complaining. And so, do your children have joy day-to-day, or are they a bunch of complainers that really their lives are determined by whatever's happening in the moment, <laughs> that their emotions control uh, how they feel and how they react more than what's on the inside? Do they have that 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 deep sense of, ah, the life is going to be okay. Like the future is good. Joy. The opposite of, of just feeling like, ugh, I feel sad. I feel mopey. I mean, we all have those emotions. If you've seen Inside Out, God made you with emotions. But joy is down at the core. You know everything's going to be okay and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. You're excited about that. So we've talked about two for the spirit, love, joy, which leads to our third one, which is peace. Now I told you we're gonna just blaze through the because blaze through the because there's a lot. Um, but peace. Peace is the next one. Now, Paul wrote in a separate letter uh, to the Roman to the Romans, Roman church, uh, verse, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verse 18. Paul wrote, If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Not just your wife, not just your kids, with all people, even the annoying person that you work with. As much as it as you can. I mean, sometimes there's doesn't matter what you do. You can't be at peace with them. But as much as you can, be at peace with all. You know, God wants us to drive towards unity. It's the enemy's goal to to rob, to steal, to kill, to divide. But God 
like the secret sauce of the church, the secret sauce of, 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 of a godly family, it's unity. It's being together. That God created people to, to be united and at peace with each other. And so that's what the fruit of the Spirit is. The, if the Spirit's working inside of you, then you will have peace with the people around you. And then even more so than just a, a harmonious relationship and simply not fighting, God wants to give his followers a peace uh, between our relationship with us and God. That there's this, this calming, this, this constant reassurance because we are at peace in our relationship with God. Because we have a relationship with him, there's an overall feeling of, oh, it's going to be okay. Everything is good. You know, you couple the joy and peace together. Um, there is that spirit of that spirit of calm of of goodness that comes out. Which goodness is another fruit that we'll talk about in a second. But you know, the alternate to being filled with the spirit um, and, and having peace in your life, the opposite is having alarm or being filled with doubt or or dread. And if that's happening in your child's life, then this is what you need to pray for your child that they would be filled with the peace of God. You know, Jesus is described as the Prince of Peace. Is that such an interesting title that it was given to him? The Prince of Peace, that he literally rules over peace. And it's a, a fruit that he can give to us as we grow in our walk with him. All right, so we talk about love, joy, peace. Next is patience. <laughs> oh, man. This is a fruit that I'm constantly praying for for myself. This one, there's a couple, you know, there's a couple that I, man, I feel like I'm always feeling at. This is one. So a patient person, a patient person is able to, they're, they're able to endure much pain and suffering without complaining, you know, more so than even just like working out or playing sports and just keep on going just in overall and general in life. When you're going through it, patience is being able to just to, to get through it, to take it and to not whine about it. You know, a patient person, it's, they're slow to anger as they wait for God to provide that comfort and just to take care of it, to trust that God is a, a justice-filled God, that he will take care of and do what he says he's going to do, that he will protect you, that he'll take care of what you need, and that you rely and lean on God. You know, I like to look at this in dealing with people and being patient. You know, God, God is very patient with, with sinners, with me. I mean, I think about how many times a day I mess up, and God is patient with me very easily. The first time in the day, he could say, that's it. You're done, <laughs> right? Send a lightning bolt, zap me out of here, wipe me out. But God is patient with me. And so if God is patient that way to me, shouldn't I be that way with other people? Now, maybe your kids are not patient. <laughs> maybe they have zero patience at all. That If something is not happening right now, then it's a circus. And so maybe there's something that needs to change in your home, you know, maybe some direction that needs to take place or uh, just different ways of doing things. And also something that you need to pray for your child, pray that they would have patience through the Holy Spirit, that God would shape that inside of their heart, that your child would be patient. Next, we go to our fifth fruit of the Spirit, and that is kindness. Now, the next couple of these kind of seem like they're the same in a way, right? So we'll do kindness, goodness, we'll talk about gentleness. Um, but they're, they are different. So kindness specifically is like tender care. 
uh, kindness, it's it's like the good shepherd of Je- like Jesus is the good shepherd. You know, he rescues us. The one sheep, you know, all the other 99 sheep are fine. But out of his kindness, he goes and rescues that one sheep that's lost. I mean, being kindness means being tender. It's benevolent. It's actually being useful to others. Being kindness, actually, it's working to do good. And goodness is the next fruit of the Spirit. But kindness is doing it out of a, a sacrifice and a, a benevolent benevolence towards others. And so are your kids, are they kind or are they just straight up mean? <laughs> and if they're not kind, let's pray for that. Let's ask for the Holy Spirit to create a kind heart inside of them. And let's correct them when they make those wrong behaviors and to remind them that God's way is to show kindness. Number six is goodness. Now, goodness is different, different than kindness in that goodness leans more towards the morality and becoming holy. You know, it's a life motivated by righteousness and really a desire to be a blessing to those around you, that your life is defined by doing things good in God's eyes, that you want to please God and, you know, be a good kid to him, and that as you're good, that you are a blessing, that people enjoy having you around, that people look at you and they're they're thrilled that you're there, that you are just a good person. You know, the person that I think of when I think of good really is is Pastor Brooks. I mean, he really is just a good guy, that he is the same person on the stage when he's preaching as he is in the living room at his house. He's the same guy that there is a goodness inside of him that you don't look at him and you don't wonder like, uh, is this dude a little bit shady? No, he's goodness. You know, morality is defined and re- refined in us through the Holy Spirit by two ways. We talked about this last week. It's through conviction and revelation, right? It's it's either we're doing something wrong and God says, hey, hey knock it off. Or we didn't know and God reveals it to us. That's where morality comes. It's not this like, well, I feel like this today, but rather morality, goodness, it's defined through the Holy Spirit, through through the word, through the word of the Holy Spirit, through the word of God. And so that's where goodness comes from and what we need more of, what our kids need more of, what we're training our kids to be is to be good. Now we're getting towards the end here. Uh, we just have three more. And uh, number seven is faithfulness, faithfulness. You know, all of these fruit of the spirits, um, fruits of the spirit, Ultimately, what they are is they are, are are us becoming more like God and who he created us to be. It's a reflection of God. You know, with faithfulness, God is who he says he is, and he will always do what he says he will do. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God expects and will shape that attribute within us because he expects us to be like him. You know, God wants us to, that if we say something we're going to do it, that we're not going to be flaky, that we're not going to be those people that like, oh, man, I don't know if this guy's going to come through. I mean, that is not that is not showing a Christ-like attitude. Being Christ-like means that you're on time, that you're prompt, that you're timely, that you're consistent. Imagine, imagine if your boss, like the way that they described you was that you were faithful, right? That they always see you, saw you on time, that you were prompt, that you were, you know, you were, they knew they could rely on you. And what if your teacher, what if you had parent-teacher conferences and your parent, your teacher said that your child was faithful? I mean, what an incredible, you don't hear a lot about that anymore. And what a great thing to hear. In marriage, you know, we can often, we can often turn on our spouse in either defense or just anger. 
And this is a question that I have to, I have to check myself on too, is do I want my kids to say that I was faithful to my spouse, not even just in the commitment, but even in, in, in our conversations and the way that I direct my, my attitude towards my wife, towards our spouse, are we constantly turning on each other or are we faithful? We're consistent. We're the same. We're with them. Let's set that example for our kids. Let's show our kids what it means to be faithful and to help encourage them to also be faithful to their friends, to school, to commitments that they've made, to serving Christ. All right, we're moving on to fruit of the spirit number eight. This is gentleness. This is the fruit of the spirit that I pray most for my son. And uh, it's good. I, I pray for it for myself as well. Gentleness is humility and thankfulness towards God. It's politeness. It's restrained behavior towards others. It's not just acting wild and crazy in the moment. You know, to be gentle is to recognize that God's ways and thoughts are way beyond our own. It's a little bit different than meekness. Um, you know, meekness is power under control, but gentleness is is uh, it's an attitude of not necessarily being soft, but being more calm. You know, Paul says this, it's interesting in Galatians 6, 1, so the same book, just the next chapter, Paul said, if anyone is caught in trespass, you know, doing anything wrong, you who are spiritual, so us, right, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, restore such a person with gentleness. So we can often think that gentleness means like, oh, we're so soft and we're butterflies and rainbows and everything's okay. And that we just, we kind of let things skirt by. We don't really confront things where we just kind of like close our eyes to things because we're, we're gentle and we're soft. But that's not what Paul is saying. I mean, because in the next chapter, he's saying, look, if somebody's doing something wrong, fix it. Call somebody out, but do it with gentleness. It doesn't mean that we're soft towards sin, but it means that we, we confront someone, whether it's our child, whether it's a spouse, whether it's another brother or sister in Christ, mildly, lovingly, encouragingly. You know, when you confront your child because they've done something wrong, are you doing so in a way that just totally belittles them and, and brings them down? Or are you finding ways to encourage them towards following Christ? You know, God has called us to be holy. He's called us to be good. And so in our gentleness, we want to lead people towards Christ. Gentleness. It's humility. And it's thankfulness to God realizing, wow, I'm so small and so tiny. <laughs> and so I'm not the biggest, baddest boss in town. I'm not as cool and as awesome as I think I am. And it's realizing through humility, realizing, wow, God is so good to me. I got to be gentle towards others as well. And that leads us to our last and final fruit of the spirit. This is one that, poof, this is one I'm working on. <laughs> I feel like constantly. So it's, it's self-control self-control and self-control in so many areas, right? In so many areas, it affects our lives. Self-control is it's moderation. It's constraint. It's the ability to say, to say no to the, the desires of our flesh. One of the proofs that God is working in our lives is that we have the ability to control our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And as, as a child growing up, I mean, they're learning for the first time what it means to, to do right and to do wrong. They're, they're learning literally in, in real lifetime, in real time, how to have self-control, to say no to the sinful things and to say yes to the godly things. 
The wonderful thing about self-control is it's a gift to us. <laughs> and this sounds, this can sound like some motivational coach or something like some like foo-foo-y truth, but I mean, it, it really is. This is, it's good when we think about it this way. You know, when we practice self-control, <laughs> it benefits the future us. I think I've said this before my, by my brother-in-law, John, uh, when we talk about like eating right, he says, my, my future self is, is going to thank me for not eating that muffin today, right? Our future self is thanking us today for having self-control. You know, it's a benefit to us to have a healthy body. Having self-control um, it provides security and good stewardship and having good money, good money habits. Having self-control, it frees us from a guilty conscience self-control it it reduces and restricts um you know our 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 foolish desires the mistakes that we'll make um and really it gives us liberty to love and live the way that we're meant to you know the 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 quote life liberty and the pursuit of happiness yeah absolutely as long as we have good self-control over (laughs) what we're pursuing otherwise it can spiral out of control and so Paul gives us this list. He says, hey, if you're following Christ, if you are every day, you're trying to be more like who God created you to be, these nine attributes, these are the things that that you should be working towards. You know, there there are more ways that the Holy Spirit can move inside of us and through us, you know, such as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit are the behaviors and attitudes that should naturally come out of us as we follow Jesus. Now, naturally, in that we have to we have to work on it but as we follow Christ we will just become more loving more joyful more peaceful more patient more kind more good more faithful more gentle and it will be so much easier for us to have self-control so as we go through this list which of these areas is your child excelling in Where are they? You can see it. You can see that God is working in them and they are just blossoming with this fruit. And in what areas do they need to grow? So I want to encourage you, um, maybe look at this list. If if it's easier for you to to read it and actually like see with your eyeballs what these words are, I want you to look at this list. I'm just going to read it one more time. And I want you to think, which of these does your child need to grow in? Is it love, joy, peace, patience? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Maybe you're like, all of them. (laughs) My child needs to grow up in all of them. Whatever it is, I want you to try and focus on one or maybe one or two, a couple this week and pray every day for your child to blossom with that specific fruit. And the next week or the next day, pray for another one. And then as you discipline, as you talk through things with your child, as you're leading them spiritually, Talk about that fruit. You know, what if your home was filled more with the fruit of the Spirit, both in your child's life and yours and your spouse's, rather than division or arguing, rather than having your your house filled with pettiness and not talking to each other, talking back to each other, you know, these really crazy busy schedules, health issues. What if your family was filled with the fruit of the Spirit? What a difference that would feel like. And the Holy Spirit wants that. That is his desire. That's his plan for your life, for your family's life. If you allow the Holy Spirit to lead, these will come out of you. And so that's the checklist. Let me pray with you and ask for the Holy Spirit to work in you and your family's life.
God, thank you so much that you give us a checklist for people like me to see this is what's expected of me. This is what I can expect to come out of me as I follow you. Father, I pray that for everyone listening, that they themselves would only grow and blossom and just become more of who you created them to be, that the fruit of the Spirit would be so evident that when people describe them, as people are talking about them behind their backs, that the things that they would say is, wow, can you believe how how much peace this person has? Can you believe how joyful they are? God, that we'd be a light as we produce these fruit in our lives. We pray for our kids. Lord, we're trying to help our kids. Every day is a battle. Every day there's something that we're trying to walk our kids through. Lord, remind us to pray for these specific fruit, that these fruit, they cover everything. And I pray that you'd help us to remember to pray for our child's hearts, and to lead them to blossom with the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you, God. Thanks for being so good to us. Thank you for giving us uh, someone to emulate, to look towards, uh, someone to try and become more like. Thank you, God. You are so good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We are praying for you and your family, praying that this is this podcast helps your family grow closer together, that your house is more united. And if this was helpful to you, I encourage you, pass this podcast to someone else. Share it with somebody, whether it's friends, whether it's family. Uh, share this so that more people, that their families would grow, that their kids would grow in their walk with Christ, and the parents would feel like they got this, that they can lead their child child spiritually. Hey, hasta luego, amigos. We'll see you on the next one.